Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Youth School Podcast. We are in the middle of a series a principle called squad goals. And behind that principle is this idea that you can have everything working in your life, career, finances, uh, making a difference in the world. But if you don't have people that are close to you, if you don't have people that are for you, that are in your corner, people that'll tell you the truth, people that you can share everything with, then life is always going to feel meaningless. And so as we talk about this idea of squad goals, I couldn't think of someone better to have a conversation with in this fellow that we're going to interview right now. So Ryan Bethay, CEO of Silas Ventures. Uh, Ryan, would you please introduce yourself to the U-School world? You're no stranger to me, but a little bit of a stranger and a strange guy in the U-School world. Uh, tell us what you're up to now and why are, we, why are we having this conversation? I was just asking myself that same question, Scott. <laughs> me into uh, my beautiful overcast morning here in Hollywood. So anyways, thank you for having me, Scott. Um, I, uh, through Silas Ventures, I, I'm really blessed to have a really fun job. And uh, that was always of paramount importance to me is that my, early on I had a mentor tell me uh, and just reiterate that time is the most precious commodity and uh, life will continually try and rob you of it. And it will succeed to a large extent. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure you can attest to that, um, having uh, kiddos. Mm -hmm a little bit more difficult, but um, time was always precious to me and also enjoying my work. Um, and so I'm really blessed that uh, I know you call me a professional friend uh, for a living and uh, <laughs> I don't dispute that. I also would say it's a bit, it's a bit more nuanced, but essentially yeah. um, I am in marketing and sales and I've worked with a bunch of different tech companies and uh, through my own company, we do fundraising, marketing and uh, digital strategy for a lot of different clients. That's what's uh, led to this uh, image that no one knows. People call me Barney from How I Met Your Mother because no one knows what I do for a living because yeah. I'm working on a different client project. But I am proud to say that now uh, I am almost universally focused um, on education reform right now. Okay. I'm an incredible guy down in um, Orange County who is uh, working hard to bring school choice uh, to California and trying to help uh, people have more opportunities in education. Uh, and that's a lot of fun. So we do uh, all, we work with all sorts of organizations on both sides of the aisle. It's a really complicated issue. Yeah. Uh, I get to do what I love because I get to meet lots of people, and it requires a ton of relationship capital to try and make anything move, and that's why politics is so easy, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's, not, um, that's definitely a controversial issue in the world of education uh, with very strong opinions. We'll have to save that for another episode for sure before we burn bridges with all of our school partners. Anyways, uh, uh, back to... Yeah, if anyone's still listening right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> we just lost the union. Uh, <laughs> sorry, folks. Uh, I want to go back to when you and I first met. I'm guessing, I'm guessing you would know this better than I do because you have a, the memory of an elephant. What, uh, I'm guessing you were a year and a half, two years out of graduation from college. Is that about right? Just so we're clear, elephants have fantastic memories. That's um, that's widely known. So yes, 
aware of that. Stuff. Thank you. Thank you. So don't do yourself. And I don't know if you met the memory of something else of like a fruit fly, which I think. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you have the memory of an elephant. I have the memory of a. About seven or eight years too. ago. Um, and I was introduced to you through a mutual friend who said, hey, you got to meet this guy, Scott. I don't really know what he does for a living, but he's a <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we, have, we share something in common. None of my friends know what I do either. <laughs> so I remember when I first met you, uh, as you were starting out your career, and I, you know, you jokingly referred to what I've called you a professional friend, but I remember, and, and correct me, that your big idea coming out of college was, can I make a career out of being a very sincere uh, friend to people. Can I make a career out of not just networking? Cause some people still consider that a negative word. Um, but, but seeking the interest of others, putting other people's interests first. And, um, so remind me of that time, because that's, that's the thing I'm really interested in, especially as we have people that work with young folks. Um, so what, what was the project? What was the big idea, the hypothesis back then? Yeah. So it all was born out of a class I took. I went to, uh, the university of spoiled children or USC. Mm-hmm. You'll know, fight on everybody. Uh, Here's football team, but you know, past year is pretty good. Uh, and so, obviously, that's not a inexpensive institution to attend. And I started as I was nearing graduation to feel the weight and the pressure of, hey, this needs to happen. And also, if you recall, I graduated in 2008, um, a prime mm. year to start one's career with yeah. political science, you know, bachelor's degree. <laughs> And in, uh, a minor in business, though. But I actually took a class uh, taught by Paul Orfila, uh, the founder of Kinko's. It later sold. Now it's FedEx Kinko's. And uh, it was an incredible class. And he just extolled the benefits of building relationships with people. And you hear it, and it's thrown around a lot, like businesses, relationships. And, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people understand that at some level. But he would just have us sit around in this room and literally we would ask questions. And he's like, if you can learn how to ask questions of people and sincerely be interested in people, it's almost like 80, 20 and that will just unleash opportunities in your life. And I tell you, it, was, it really left an impact on me. Hmm. Um, so one of our, for our final, he actually took us to the Jonathan club and brought us a bunch of successful CEOs. And our job was to strike up conversations with them and hmm. be able to have a conversation. And, I would argue in today's you know, technology saturated world that the art of being present and actually having a sincere conversation with people um, is a really rare commodity. And, you know, as a sidebar, um, I recently was on the phone with an executive um, uh, who used to work at Netflix and we were introduced and, you know, nine times out of 10, when you meet someone on a call, it turns into how's the weather, you know, like, where are you calling from today? Um, you know, what, like, let's just get down to how you can help me, how I can help yeah. you. And she asked me, um, hey, how are you doing? Um, how are you doing? And I said, you know what? And I, I took a moment to be vulnerable. I said, it was on a really rough day, actually. And I said, you know, I'm actually not great right now. I'm actually struggling with X, Y, Z. And I kind of just opened up. And mm. after about five minutes, she goes, wow, that's the most like vulnerable answer I've heard. And we mm. ended up talking for 45 minutes about life and career and relationships. And that was infinitely more fruitful than any business discussion I would have had. And um, I was thankful for that. And so, you know, from Paul's teachings and just own experience, you know, I learned that um, if you were sincere and vulnerable with people, um, that you would have a lot more opportunities come around. And I didn't know what I wanted to do because I, there were people who would work all nighters. I was never willing to be the guy who was going to pull the all nighter. You know, I wasn't the smartest guy. I wasn't going to get the 4.0 GPA. Hmm. Um, I was, uh, you know, I realized just a lot of people who were will- had a lot of advantages over me, but 
I did know that, you know, human beings are fundamentally social creatures. And so we definitely want to work with people we like and are friends with and we trust. And I loved that. And so out of the insecurity of not knowing what I wanted to do and, after, and with Paul's teachings, I started a project where I reached out to about 500 alumni on our USC database. Might as well, you know, I don't know how what the average, if you factor in $50,000 over four years, it still comes out to whatever it is, you know, $5,000 per alumni <laughs> that I would reach out to. But I just went on the database and I started emailing coldly to all these different CEOs at different companies saying, my name's Ryan. I don't know what I want to do for a living. I love to hear about what you do. Hmm. And one of my favorite stories is I, I emailed, uh, I looked up Trader Joe's because uh, I was like, I really like food and grocery shopping. That's how desperate I was. <laughs> I said, you know, what are the things you enjoy doing? They always ask you that. And I was like, well, I really like going to the grocery store. <laughs> I need money to shop there. But I, I went, I emailed, and there was just one address on our database. And it was for some guy named Dan Baines. And I didn't know who it was. Mm-hmm. And I ended up emailing him. He wrote me back, and much to my consternation, I discovered in his signature line he was the CEO. Oh, did not know, and he was so friendly. Hmm. And he said, "Call me anytime. Let's chat." Um, and we ended up having a wonderful discussion. And he told me, uh, "Give me some tips, etc." And I was like, "Oh man, well, wow. I can email lots of people." And so I started emailing anyone in any industry remotely interested that I found interesting. And I'd always ask him at the end, "Is there anything I can do to help?" And hmm. the first few, there's not much because I'm just some college kid. Yeah. And you realize that the intersection points start really popping up. Someone says, oh, I need this. I need this, you know, or do you know anyone this? And because you've been meeting so many folks, I started connecting the dots. And uh, it turned into something where people needed help fundraising. They needed help uh, looking for talent, et cetera. And um, yeah, and out of that, I was like, whoa, I think, I'm, I, think I got something here. And uh, thus was born um, being a professional friend and learning a lot about other people's careers. Cause I, I really cared about how happy they were in their jobs. And yeah. you know, a lot of people are not happy in their jobs and that was not going to be acceptable for me. Mm. And so that kind of, I got to cross off a lot of careers based on those conversations. Mm. Really, I encourage every student to reach out. Worst case, no one writes you back. Best case, you might make a friend for life. And I have several of those people that I met through that process that I still talk to today. I can remember you had some naysayers. It wasn't me, of course, but some other folks, older people, mentors, trying to sort of set you straight. Can you tell us about that? I think, I mean, it's a valid criticism. You can't, you can't just be, uh, just, you have a lot of relationships and have no substance. I remember one of my um, English professors, I forgot about an assignment we were supposed to do. Um, so um, I winged it. We did a presentation and I made it up on the spot. And I, I'm proud to say I got a B plus on it. Um, which I thought was a fair negotiation considering I completely forgot about this three-week project. But she did write me a note that says, if you're going to have a steak, or if you're going to have that much sizzle, you better have a fat steak in the oven. Um, mm. and I realized that you can't have uh, all this sizzle with no substance. And so um, you do need to obviously cultivate a skill because otherwise all these relationships aren't going to do much for you. Um, you're just going to be that person who's kind of wandering around. And I did. There's a there's an immense amount of... Um, I wouldn't call it regret, but there's, if I could go back, um, there's a huge, uh, huge change that I would make. And I would really, in the midst of doing all this wonderful connecting, I would really focus though on just honing a craft and, um, and getting really good at one thing because excellence is so rare in this world. And hmm. I look, I'm so grateful for how things turned out, but I would definitely have picked and honed in on something because that's a deadly combination. When you become known as the person hmm. and you're really good at something and then you feel the fuel on the fire of having all these wonderful, diverse relationships, 
that's when you start seeing things really take off for people. So I think, you know, people said, look, you can't, um, you know, you can't just meet people. For that. I was lucky because there was enough um, sales that happened because if you, if you boil sales down, you know, it's people looking for access into different companies. And because I knew so many people, I was able to craft a living doing that. But um, I would totally go back and pick something and be like, I'm just going to get really good at this. What do you think it would have been in hindsight? You know, I had a knack, a, knit, uh, um, a knack for digital marketing. Um, and I think I would have really honed in on that because I'll, when I graduated, um, you know, 2008, I mean, we take it for granted now, but, um, you know, Facebook, um, was still this kind of un, you know, tapped wilderness right. of just opportunity. And there's a lot, I mean, I, you know, I, I started consulting, um, if you recall, Scott, with, uh, book authors, I actually, Oh, that's right. I'd read a book and if I liked it, I would write the author a note, um, pretty voracious reader. And, the first three notes I wrote to three authors ended up writing me back and they asked me to consult with them. So that was really weird and lucky. <laughs> for me. But I, some of these guys who had best selling books um, didn't have like any digital marketing whatsoever. I mean, they would put years into these books and you throw it out to Barnes and Noble and hope it does well. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I could have really carved out a niche as far as uh, being the guy, like the young kid in tech helping mm -hmm. um, bridge that gap for some folks who, you know, cause, Facebook's real foreign concept back then to a lot of older executives. Totally. I think that would have been something if I had put a little more, you know, sweat into, I could have uh, carved out a, a bigger niche. Well, how have you, maybe you can get a little tactical too. How, how have you kept track with people? So even thinking about 500 people that you interviewed upon graduation, like that's, that's an extraordinary amount of people. What, what have you done? Or do you feel like you've made mistakes along the way? Have you forgotten people? Have you, so tell us about that. Yeah. So, and it's actually, it is definitely a, um, a balance, right? Because on one hand, um, people categorize people based on their utility, which is a really callous way of looking at it. But the truth is, you know, if, if you were trying to get some huge project done and the one person who could make it happen happened to be in town, you would prioritize that and say, I need to meet with this person. And yeah. so humans do that. And, um, I, um, I attended, I'm, as you'll know, one of the more extroverted people, this side of the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Uh, that makes it easy for me because I know I, I give this talk to students at USC every year in an MBA class and they cringe when they think about the amount of outreach and being on the phone that I do. But yeah. I, love, I, you, you, I will not be the first one to be quiet. And so I love it and I think it comes easy to me. But I do recommend um, it is it doesn't take a lot actually to maintain and um, and just be sincere. So I encourage all these students that, um, you know, I, I have a list of people that literally I go through every now and then. Hmm. Uh, you know, once, once a month, something like that. And I just kind of go through and I go, Hey, when's the last time I talked to Scott? You know, mm -hmm. I haven't talked to him in a while and I just love to hear how he's doing. And it's amazing. Gmail is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. No offense, Hotmail, but um, I, <laughs> I just think it's incredible that you can write a note to someone and just say, Hey, thinking about you, wondering what's up. Um, how are things going with XYZ? Um, I'm also blessed. I've got a, uh, I do have the memory of an elephant now that we yeah. and. Uh, if you don't, though, you can just put notes. And I actually would, I always write down people's birthdays, anniversaries, et cetera. It does not take much to make someone feel special. Mm -hmm. And I know because on my birthday, you know, if you don't, you know, wish me happy birthday, you go on another list. <laughs> For me, I go, I would love that. And so it's super easy to make notes. And so I actually, in my Gmail, I tag people as well. And this is, I think, probably what you're alluding to. Is my, and um, it's funny, this is something that uh, I'm sure I didn't invent, but um, mm -hmm. coin is a, I tag people based on how they can bless other people because I love it. If Scott emails me and says, Hey, I need tickets to a Laker game. And I'm going, well, you know, some people might say, well, do you know anyone who works for the Lakers? But 
you know, I have a real example. There's a guy whose lawn care company did all the Lakers lawns mm. and he wouldn't normally be thought of in that sense. He was like, Oh yeah, here's a guy who like might know some people. And so when I ask people, like, Hey, how can you help people? And I tag people based on that. So when I get notes from people saying, do you know anyone who X, Y, Z, um, I can just type that into Gmail and I can say, wow. Oh, here's someone who, you know, can bless people in this way. And that's really fun. Um, and that's kind of based off a, a biblical proverb that I take really seriously um, mm -hmm. about withholding good from no one if it's within your power to do so. Hmm. And, um, I really like that. And uh, yeah, it's been cool to be a conduit from that. So I've pretty much covered every basis. I, do, I have not introduced anyone to their future spouse yet. That's my one oh, man. that I haven't gotten yet, but I'm, I'm hoping to be able to do that pretty soon. Talk about some of the other things that you've been able to connect people to. You mentioned fundraising, marketing, et cetera, talent, yeah. stories that... I love, love, love it when I can introduce someone to um, the job of a lifetime. I've been mm -hmm. blessed. I wake up every morning, love what I do, work with great people, make my own hours. And it was tough. There was a season I would encourage, you know, students who choose to take this path, um, you know, and we all look back and think we would have done something differently, right? But, but I, um, you know, you have to ask yourself, one, if you have that entrepreneurial mindset and you definitely are comfortable. Some people really like having predictability in their schedule. They like the Monday, mm -hmm. Friday, nine to five and on the weekend, just check out. Um, I have never been satisfied with that, but I encourage everyone um, to you know, count the cost and say what you wanna do, because there were days when I graduated in 2008, I had a lot of uh, friends of mine who were making six figures right out of school at investment banks, right? Hmm. Because they worked you know, 100 hours a week, and a lot of them weren't happy. And that was really powerful for me, is when I would ask people, do you love it? If I didn't hear a resounding yes, I checked, I'd scratched it off my list. Hmm. And I said, I, I want to love it. And there were years when I made a 10th of what my, um, what my friends, um, uh, made. And, um, it was, uh, uh, just really, really difficult, but long term, hmm. so glad I ended up where it is. Cause there's a cost to that. But if you carve out your time and own your time, uh, it's absolutely incredible. Brian, what advice would you give to someone that's working with or has their own high school college student? Uh, would you recommend that they start reaching out to people at a young age? Like, what would you, if you could sit down with 16 year old you, 20 year old you, what kind of advice would you give? Hmm. Well, I knew 16 year old me and I would not like 16 year old me. Mm. Um, it was difficult. Um, <laughs> it was very difficult, but um, I also, I mean, it's funny because I was run, I actually was running my own business at 16. I had a tutoring business and I learned what franchising was. Really? <laughs> Yeah, I would actually, I, I booked all the clients and then I was like, why teach the kids when I could have other people do it and I'll just take $2 an hour off the $10 an hour they charge and <laughs> scale up. Um, and that was fun. But um, yeah, I think, I mean, one, you have to be authentic to who you are too. It's funny because a lot of people say just go out and start a company, right? And the reality is like, it's, it's some people are wired to want to do entrepreneurship and other people aren't. And this, and it's important to know there's no judgment there because like there is, there's a, there's a freedom, um, in being able to check out and to like have a, you know, show up, have a predictability to your lifestyle and mm. like entrepreneurship can be really stressful. And then, as I was saying, you know, there were years where my friends were killing it and I wasn't yeah. around going like, Oh God, like, when is this all going to work out? Like, mm. this is scary. Um, but I would say to younger kids, um, I read a ton of biographies. I mean, a ton. I love studying successful people and I by no means am the authority in this, but one thing that stands out universally across the board is this people who are the younger they are and the more proximity they have to influential um, uh, 
people in their lives that they reach out to and that proactivity overwhelmingly go on to become successful or another way, like all the successful people I've read about, um, they were interfacing with people farther, um, their senior in wisdom and business and mentorship across the way. And the cool thing is, is that people feel sorry for you when you're younger. Like <laughs> I could not do now at 32, um, the same thing. They'd be like, dude, you're 32. Like, yeah. you know what you want to do like grow up <laughs> yeah right right well do like i still write out i still reach out to people and ask them like hey like can i come pick your brain and a lot of people say absolutely um and so um that is a trait that is i find really common among a, a bunch of people who have succeeded so i would say there is no time to uh, like the present to start you need to get out there um a well-written note i mean can take you so far and mm. it's the number of people who respond to you. And again, the worst case, no one, if they don't get back to you, who cares? Like the people who get back to you want to talk to you and people, you know, the old Benjamin Franklin adage, right? If you want to make a friend, ask them to do you a favor. When you ask them to give you advice and to speak into your life, they become invested and they are, cause they're like, Whoa, like if I give Scott advice and he follows it, like, all right, cool. I'm a father to his success. And if he doesn't, it's like, well, I need to make sure it works out. And it's just awesome. I've watched so many kids do this um, and it's just incredible. The people that will actually, I mean, you'd be amazed at who you can get to. Um, and, and if you're authentic and to cultivate that skill of being able to have a present conversation. I mean, I go out to dinner all the time and the number of people on Instagram and on their phones, I mean, I yeah. really think it's going to, I mean, this is not a joke. I really think if you are able to look someone in the eye, ask a probing question, um, it just, it will set you apart. We, I have a book club where I'm proud to say I'm the least successful person in the group. It's all people who are just a, my age, but infinitely wealthier and more successful. And mm -hmm. it's, it's a good emotional exercise. Right? <laughs> and one of the things, you know, we're talking about the book and I, and I was kind of getting just droning on. And I stopped and said, guys, like, let's actually like, before we, we forgot check-ins, like how is everyone doing? Right. Mm -hmm. And let's just ask an honest question. And so we say, Hey, like, just give us, how are you really doing personally and what's going on in your life? And, all of a sudden the spirit of the room changes, the atmosphere changes and an hour goes by and these people are closer than they've ever been before. And the book discussion is more lively. And that's, I mean, I just say that because that's a simple thing where these are powerful executive level guys and they are not like, they're so desperate for intimate, like a, a vulnerable conversation. Mm -hmm. that, you can do that with someone you're giving them a tremendous gift. Wow. So don't view it as taking from them and networking, but you reaching out, picking someone who's older than you's brain, mm -hmm are really making them feel like they're contributing and helpful and uh, and if they don't want to talk to you they won't that's the beauty of it so i i'd say start 16 17 18 have your parents you know introduce you to work friends reach mm -hmm. out in i mean today there's no you can get to anybody with gmail and linkedin there's no excuse yeah what how have you learned that especially the art of being present are there books that you've read are there people that you've you know, modeled after trying to emulate i'm sorry what were you saying that was, that was <laughs> Well played. Um, you can edit that out. Um, yes, a couple of books. I read um, Harvey McKay's Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. Okay. My favorite was recommended in business class and it was fantastic about building relationships before you need something because when you need something, it comes out very clearly. People love to know that you care about them before you need something. Hmm. Um, so I love that book. It's fantastic. And to his credit, I emailed Harvey out of the blue and um, he was very responsive and nice and gave me some wonderful pointers in life. He's a best-selling Harvard author. Um, That's cool. Um, I also, um, Keith Ferrarzi's Never Eat Alone yeah. um, was fantastic and a lot of pointers. Um, and I really enjoyed that. 
and um, I would say, um, I think that, honestly, those are the big two. If I had to pick, those are the big two that are yeah. transformative and that really are. And then the rest is just like common human decency of just being like being present and mm -hmm. just and being sincere and asking people how you can, how you can always ask people like how you can bless them, how you can help them and being honest too. Like I find that it's really disarming if you are honest, but like, Hey, like I may not be able to help you at all. Right. I'm totally just on the receiving end from here, but um, that's okay. Like a lot of people feel the need to pretend and to, and to be, uh, be something they're not. I do tell the kids in the class too, make sure you know what you want because sometimes a lot more often than not, they actually get the, the at bat and they're like, Oh shoot. I yeah. On like, and they're like, all right, some busy executives like, all right, what do you want to talk about? And you're like, uh, totally. you got to actually think about ahead of time what you actually want. Cause you don't have to know someone just to know someone, you know, I, that's good advice. And that's something I've worked on for years because I'm not someone who can think right on the, um, on the spot, especially in a stressful situation, like meeting someone that you look up to. And so I would realize that for years, like I literally would waste people's time. They would say, Hey, so what do you want to talk about? And I'd just be like, uh, I don't, I was kind of hoping you would tell me. And, uh, so now I, I literally write down questions, topics of, uh, conversation that I want to have because I want to be prepared. And sometimes we don't even get to my questions or my topic, but I want to make sure that I'm prepared. Absolutely. Ryan, um, this has been super helpful. And especially as we think about people who are in transition, I love what you said. Uh, from Harvey McKay's book, Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty, because people who are in transition, I'm thinking of high school to college, college to career, veteran who's going to the civilian sector, um, there's pressure and there's stress. And if you can step back and realize, no, I have, I have good people that I know, and we have a friendship, we lean on each other. The likelihood of you getting through that transition season, making wise, informed choices is just infinitely higher. And so that's really, really good wisdom. Uh, thank you for being on the podcast, Ryan. Thanks for being a friend to me for years, for always remembering everything I've said and done for better and for worse. And I uh, <laughs> wish you the best uh, as you continue to be a professional friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Scott, it's a pleasure always to speak with you and um, hope, to, hope to see you out on the links at some point. And you can be a really good friend to me. Help me with my dog. <laughs> you got it, buddy. All right. See you, Ryan. Thank you for tuning in to the U-School podcast. We want you to know about our brand new LifeScript course. Our flagship program that we offer is now available in a digital environment on our website. The course is designed to help anyone who is in a period of life transition to reflect on the big questions that matter the most. Questions like, who am I? What's my story? What do I believe in? What kind of person do I want to become? What's my mission in life? How can I best contribute? And who do I belong to? The digital course has been designed to be intuitive and deeply human. You will recruit your own team of life advisors to track with you the entire time you engage in self-reflection, giving you the feedback and support you need to write a great story for the next chapter. Just go to theuschool.com and if you sign up, use the promo code PODCAST10 to get $10 off the list price. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T and the number 10. Remember, you only get one life. Make sure your life reads like a great story.